Welcome to Service Dog Secrets. This is Victoria Warfel, and with me is Karen George. Hello, this is Karen. And Jillian. Hi, this is Jillian. This is Jillian's first podcast. I don't know how much she wants to contribute, but if you hear her voice again, then you know who it is. Uh, and she has Service Dog Sisters on Instagram. Uh, Karen and I are with uh, Heart and Soul Dog Training and Hope Service Dogs, and where we are is we are heading home from Crestview, Florida, which is up in the panhandle of Florida. It's about five hours or so from us, where we were attending Marina Azuna's Movement Markers Workshop, and it was a three-day hands-on, so the three of us rode up together in Karen's mothership van, her sprinter, and uh, we brought seven dogs with us. So Jillian brought her two, which is Bailey and Siren. I brought Gypsy and Ben. And then Karen brought her three Holstein, Ross, and Fluffy. So we we were crazy. We go across the state for a week-ish, about five days, and then with, uh, with seven dogs between the three of us. But it worked, and it worked out really well. So first thing is, like I said, we had the sprinter. Uh, Karen has it outfitted with Rufflins, so it's enough to hold eight dogs. So we could have brought another dog. I could have brought another one of the dogs. But we didn't because everybody's pregnant. Uh, we have that. So we drove up. Uh, we got a hotel. We stayed at Holiday Inn Express because they had an indoor pool and hot tub. But the hot tub wasn't hot all but one night. That was it. That was the only time we had a hot tub, which was sad. Because, yes, even during COVID, when you train dogs, you need to take care of your body. And hot tubs are nice. So we, we stayed there. Karen and I shared rooms like we always do. And then Jillian had her room. And uh, the dogs, if they weren't with us, they were out in the van, in the Rufflin with the security system on and being monitored. So that's how, how we travel with multiple dogs. And the fact that it is the beginning of March in Florida, it got down to low mid-30s at night. Yeah. You know, so it, it was decent weather. And then during the day, the workshop was at Casey's house she was the host and she lives in a nice quiet subdivision so we had the dogs in the van and it was all open and it was nice I think the high was around 70 one of the days and then mid 60s the rest of it so she had an air-conditioned building we could have brought the dogs into but they were quite comfortable in the van and we checked on them multiple times we pottied them it worked out very well and then everybody got to work which was really nice to be able to get the dogs out and learn different things. Uh, so Karen and I had done this workshop <coughs> about a year and a half ago up in Raleigh, North Carolina. We had gone up, she had brought Holstein and I had brought Candy at the time and we flew up and we flew back and it was life-changing, really. Yes. It, it opens our eyes to a whole new world, a new fantastic point of view. A thrilling place, a wondrous place, you know, like it was, it was pretty awesome. But what it is, is not necessarily a how to teach sit workshop. It is a how to look at your dog's movement, analyze it, work with your dog, see where problems are, not necessarily why there's problems in those locations, just what are the problems. And how can we get your dog into the best shape in order to proceed with training? And the relationship of movement 
in the natal language that dogs have with each other. So, and how that translates to behavior and how that translates to the ability for a dog to learn to be trained, be ready for training. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, for example, I think Ben's a great example for this. Ben is just about six months old, not quite yet. And he was returned to us just about two weeks ago. And I had mentioned it to Marina and, you know, showed her some video. And she said, just do some long line work. Don't work him too much. You know, bring him. And I said, okay. So that's one of the reasons why. She also told Karen, bring Holstein, your old boy. Bring Ross. I want to meet her. You know, she was just going to bring Fluffy. And, uh, yeah, that's one of the reasons why we brought so many dogs is, you know, it was our second time doing it. And because of what we could get out of it and how they could help other people learn as well. Uh, But Ben came in all kerflunkety, and that's the technical term for it, kerflunkety. He was very mouthy. Not bitey-hurty, just my mouth should be on your arm. He was every which way. His mind couldn't slow down. And as we're, she set up a proprioception course. And what is proprioception? It's awareness of the body in space and time. It's kind of like Dr. Who training. And he went through the proprioception course, but he kind of crashed through the proprioception course. He didn't take it nicely. He wasn't, you know, there's a PVC ladder on the ground. And instead of going through it like a normal dog, he, I don't think any two feet went in the same square. Uh, the first few times. And the first few times, what was it? The first day, I think he went through three different times. People kept taking him through. Marina took him through. I think Meg took him through twice. And Alexis took him through. Alexis took him through. So, you know, they got to experience that. He was slow going over some things and fast going over other things. You know, there was really no rhyme or reason to what he was doing. And everything had to be heavily lured. Yeah. And then we started working on him and I didn't do the six step evaluation first because I forgot to do that and again he was very mighty so I kind of held him down and Megan and Alexis were there and they started working on him and hearing what they could feel on him you know some of his his vertebrae now I had felt this beforehand his vertebrae should as Marina says it should be like the top of a picket fence Boom, boom 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 And instead, they were going every which way. They weren't all leaning to the left. They weren't all leaning to the right. They were like a hurricane had just come through. A really bad one and devastated that picket fence. They were every which way. Some of the ribs were sticky. Not as bad as Holstein's where he was missing the one. It was like... (laughs) But, uh, you know, they were... Some of them were sticky. His thighs didn't have muscle. Six-month-old puppy. Why wouldn't his thighs have muscle? Um, but but they didn't have have muscle. You could feel the bone right there, and that's not just because he's skinny. Uh, apparently, his sacrum was out of joint. Which whenever they dropped him back off, his owners had said that they thought his tail was broken. His tail wasn't broken. His sacrum was out of out of place. So you know, Marina had diagnosed that right away as soon as she saw him. I'm like, how do you fix it? So she showed me how to do it. Uh, but Alexis worked him, and Meg worked him. And they worked him on the other side and then they worked him again and usually you don't get that much work you know that's a lot of work for a pup and then marina could get in there because he was calming down as he was doing this he stopped fighting and he would just lay there and twice twice guys while he was being worked on he peed lying down on the table just because they hit an especially tender sore spot 
we also found out he has a UTI, you know, which might explain the pediddling a little bit. So a lot of things that were going on with him that you might say, you might get this six-month-old puppy in for a boarded train or get this six-month-old puppy, you know, home for the first time and say, oh my gosh, you know, because he'll sometimes do excited pediddle. But if he has a UTI, that's going to make it worse. Right. Or and, if he has pain. Yeah, and then if he has pain because his his whole sacrum's out. And what is sacrum? It is in your pelvis area. It's like your tailbone muscle and joint you know so it's the base of that tail uh you know and he had those his spine was all out of whack and you can see i put up pictures on hope and on heart and soul that you can see all the whirls in his back you know whirls in the fur equals spine issues when you touch the spine if they if the if the skin vibrates, percussi- percussions, yeah. you know, like that's telling you there's an impingement there. So looking at him, he was all screwy. So talk to Marina about what could have caused it just so we can not have this happen to more of our puppies in the future. And she said, you know, basically dogs don't lie way too much crate time. You know, she likes the dogs. And so this is one thing that we're going to include in our new course for puppies is at least 20 minutes of free range motion free range movement outside on a long leash outside off leash with you going on a pack walk type of thing around the property getting them on different surfaces yes not lying by the back door after you let them out you gotta move with them so they can continue to move some puppies won't move around in the yard unless you go out and walk in the lawn Walk, walk in the that perimeter. Yard, yeah. the perimeter with them. Exactly. And if you have strong pack drive, like my guys at home all yeah. have strong pack drive. If I sit on the patio, they just Slave sit on the you. patio with me. Yeah. So, so what that means is I get to take them to the back pasture since the cows are gone, or send Rich and Luke, and they get to walk the back pasture with the with the dogs. And they get to go and experiment and eat some cow poop. Another alternative is get your uh, electric wheelchair out and, and just wheel around Super the house. Right? <laughs> zip along the house to get them moving yeah on, a, on your wonky days you yeah know? yeah but yeah and, yeah and yeah once we shut that gate we can go up and down the driveway a few yeah. times yeah you know we can get everybody moving and then that gets them used to the wheelchair which is good yeah so you know there's things to do but at least two 20 minutes a day of that free range motion over grass dirt sand rocks mulch mud you know everything you need that for for proper proprioception, proper development in the dog. But that to me was a big aha. It was nice. Um, she had worked with the older dogs. Yes. And they ha- they were crunchy. Uh, a lot of crunchiness. 11-year-olds, even the 6-year-olds had crunchiness. So Even Gypsy had some crunchy yeah. in her shoulders. Yep. So and that tells you what things you need to be watching out for maybe some extra glucosamine some anti-inflammatories you know those are all early signs of of potential development of arthritis so uh, get your dog out on more soft surfaces and stretch your dog you know yeah stretch stretch your dog do her six-point evaluation to see where your dog's at weekly to see if your dog's getting better getting worse staying the same 
see if your duck does need any of those. Uh, you know, learn how to do stretching. We had done yoga for years. Yeah. You know, yoga is fantastic for this. Yeah, yoga is really good for that. Yeah. And set up some proprioception courses, and so your dog can build up muscle strength and ligament strength for areas that they might be weak in. Yeah. Um, especially if they have um, uh, joints that are not perfect, you want you want those muscles and tendons to be stronger to support those not perfect joints. So yeah, yeah. There's no excuse. Yeah. Uh, Gypsy, one of the things, so I talked about Ben for Gypsy. Uh, the other one I brought, so Gypsy's about three and a half. She's my service dog. <laughs> she has a transitional vertebrae. So one of the things that Gypsy does when she walks is she paces. And what that means is both her left legs move and then both of her right legs move and then both of her legs move. You know, so they'll, they'll switch off. So the last one, the November or the, yeah, well, it was November, but the one in, in Raleigh that we had, Karen and I had gone to, we talked a lot about pacing and trotting and galloping and, you know, all the different doggy paces yeah. and what that could mean. And with this, you know, with this one, I knew that Gypsy had pacing going on, but she couldn't get out of pacing. Right. Like she would just pace. That is her, her gait. And it turns out that that's common with a transitional vertebrae. She says, no, not all pacers have them. Not all transitional vertebrae pace, but... It's, it's pretty common, and there was another dog there, Adobe, who also had a transitional vertebrae and who also paced. Yeah. So that was a big aha to me because I've been trying to, you know, move her a little bit faster, move her a little bit slower, try to get her to, to not pace, and she will not not pace. That is what gypsies do best is pace. Yeah. Uh, and then she'll also, her back legs were paddling, so that means they were swinging out more. Whenever she walked, instead of staying in plane and in line, and some dogs are V, like Zoe was very big. She would walk and it would look like a V. If you'd watch her booty going away or coming towards you, her front legs, her back legs, everything V. So she was single line tracking instead of how normal dogs walk and move. So, you know, she, she was paddling. So she, instead of Ving in, she was swinging out with her back legs. And after I did work on her, she was moving a lot better. And then we put her laser vest on her. And I, I talked to Marina about it yesterday. You know, Jillian and Karen and I had been talking about it, you know, for the last few days. And said, you know, should should Gypsy continue to be a service dog? You know, and if so, <coughs> should she go to Universal and should she go to Disney? And the, the end result is she likes to work. She works well. That as long as she continues to want to work and works well and is doing well yes she can but it also means she's going to get weekly sessions uh you know the full body sessions and if i don't do full body sessions weekly because it takes about an hour to do the full dog to spend you know 10 minutes and do the shoulders do 10 minutes and do the spine do 10 minutes and do the back legs every day so and it's better to do it after so you can put everything back into alignment that got knocked out of alignment and then again using her laser vest which is a cool laser uh, therapy. So how did, how did Marina describe it? It's not massage. It's body work is what she called it. It's her kinesthetics. Uh, and you're helping the body to heal itself. You're not moving. You're not, you're not um, placing things back into 
alignment. You're helping the body do it by by itself. You're connecting the body, body and the mind. There you go. Connecting yeah. the body and the mind and helping the body to heal itself. And what the laser wrap does too, the laser vest, is it helps to flush out all the, the toxins. It helps to deal with any swelling. So who was it that had swelling? Was it Holstein? Holstein. Holstein. Yeah. So Holstein had some some swelling, um, some disc bulges yeah. uh, on his spine. He had some big dips. He had some yeah. picket fences that were wonky. His ribs, Jillian felt his back rib on both sides, yeah. and one of them was popping out. Popping out. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was like different. You could you could see looking at it. So he loved having his body worked on. Oh gosh, yeah. He didn't want to get up. <laughs> yeah. It done. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was time to be over, and he's like, no, it's not. Do it again. Yeah. You know, but just like us, when we go to a massage, sometimes it feels really great. And what do they tell you afterwards? Drink a lot of water, yeah. you know, because it's going to flush all the stuff out. Yeah. So the same thing. And like, so the laser wrap helps with that. It helps all the way around. So that's something else Gypsy will get when we get home from, from hitting the parks up. We'll do some work with her. Yeah. We'll put her vest on that evening so she can have the full goodness of it. Because as service dogs, we must keep them in tip-top shape. And how do you do that? First, what can you do? You haven't gone to Marina. You don't know what it is that we're actually talking about doing. So what can you do is first, 20 minutes a day, twice a day, let your dog have some freedom. Even if you're in a wheelchair and you can't, get a long leash, get a flexi leash. Let your dog have some of that explore time. Get your dog off-leash trained so your dog, even if you don't have a fenced yard, so your dog can have some of that and you know that you can recall your dog as needed. You know, but get your dog moving up and down over hills. Casey, they're digging out some area for a pool, so she had a whole mound of sand. So we'd get the dogs up and down that little hill. It wasn't a big hill. It was a little, it it's Florida, guys. Yeah. And I grew up in Pittsburgh, outside Pittsburgh. I grew up in the Allegheny Mountains. Like, those are hills. You know, Rich keeps telling me, he's like, Vicki, you grew up on the side of a mountain. But stop calling it a hill. And I'm like, it was a hill. But, you know, get your dog up and over. Get your dog, you know, there's logs. There was the, the pile of timber there. Yeah. And getting the dogs over that. Getting the dogs over little jumps so they have to lift up their legs. You know, work proprioception is going to be number two. Work proprioception with your dog. Know your dog's movement versus your breed standard and this is one of the problems with the mixed breeds is you don't know what it's supposed to look like so the best thing you can do is know what's normal for your dog and then your dog is he doing good or your dog is he hurting and where is he hurting alexis had a very good story about marley she had brought him to the orthopedic vet to her normal vet to another vet and she kept saying there's something with his back leg and they kept telling her no 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 until they finally said look if you come back one more time the leg better be popping out yeah. you know you, you're, there's nothing going on with this dog marina saw it right away and that's where there's this disconnect disjunction dysfunction between people who know and people who don't and the people who know it's a dying art it's, it's hard to find good information on it a lot of people who understand movement came from the horse world because it's easier to see movement in horses versus movement in dogs. She spent thousands of hours analyzing horses' movements 
and translated that into the dog movement. They're both quadrupeds, so, you know, a lot yeah. of their movements are very similar. A lot of their gates are very similar. So, it's not, she didn't gain this, this information in just a few hours of study. <laughs> it's a lifetime of study. Yeah. With the top, at the time, of, of that area, of that, yes. you know, uh, competition racehorses, not, not your backyard, uh, you know, pet horses, <laughs> is what she was analyzing, so. Yeah. Yeah, so what can we do? We can pull up some YouTubes of yeah. dog shows of Westminster, go to dog parks and look at it just dog gate recorded so we can go back and we can look at, at one dog in his front right leg and then that same dog on his front left leg and then that same dog on his rear right leg and that same dog on his rear left leg and then looking at it all together you know so you can go and you can take video while you're out with your dog so you can go back and analyze it watch it in slow motion you know see what is going on with your dog because you need to have them tip top another thing that she did because uh, we had a whole bunch of goldens is we trimmed all their feet if their feet weren't trimmed up. So a lot of the Goldens will have the fuzzy feet. And then they're going to slip on it. And what else do people like? Is that Musher's Secret? Musher's Secret is for cold people. It is not for hot. It is for cold and it is to grip. It is not for hot at Disney. It will melt. Wax melts in the heat. That's why candles are a thing. Yeah, and it just... It attracts sand in between your dog's uh, toes and whatnot. It does not... It's not beneficial for the heat at all. Yeah. So we have, you know, we have a lot. We have a lot of, of learning. We have a lot of knowledge from from this. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. There was a lot of different things. And then one of the... For me, because I, I... Guys, I, I hate to break this to you. I am not the expert in everything. <laughs> I'm really good with some stuff, but I know some things are areas I need to work on. And that's one of the reasons I came back is Karen can look at a dog, see that he's limping and say, oh, it's his, you know, front right leg. I look at a dog and I might say there's something wonky going on, but I don't know what it is. Or sometimes I just say, okay, because I don't see it. So I wanted to do that. So as we were trotting out the dogs, I would explain anything that I saw. I kind of shut it out because I want to see what I'm doing and just like any muscle, you have to use it in order to improve it. We saw some amazing transformations. Um, so Jillian here is an uh, amazing trick trainer. She does incredible. So so is Alexis. But they're both very talented in trick training. And we saw Jillian transfer her trick training into her leash work. And it was day and night with Bailey and their relationship and, and they just look like professionals at a at a competition, weaving back and forth and all of a sudden she struggled so hard with Bailey's leash work and it's been like the frustration of her life and then all of a sudden they synced like like they've been together all their lives. So it was amazing. So um and, you know, sometimes you have to take what you're good at and think about how you can translate into something you're struggling with. Um, so how can that relationship with what you and your dog are good at, how can you change that to or mold that 
to be the same relationship with something that you're struggling with. So, you know, and think out of the box, you know. Not every piece is done one way, you know. There's a lot of ways to teach a good heel. Oh, there. that's one of the really nice things is yeah. there are. And this is one of the reasons I spent two months in Missouri this past fall, summer fall, was because I wanted a really good heel and a really good retrieve. And there's so many other pieces to the puzzle. So one of them that I picked up from Marina is work on backward stuff. Well, backward stuff with Gypsy has been a struggle. So she showed a few things and it clicked for Gyps. And that was fantastic because what I'd like is to be able to walk, 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 back, 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 walk, 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 you know, have her down all silently just because she's so keyed in and tuned into what I'm doing. And Django's better at it, you know, than, than Gypsy is for sometimes. But, you know, there's no excuse. You know, Gypsy's three and a half. She Alexis used the tricks that she's taught Marley to do to get him to lay down on the table to do the, um, to do the body, body work. Body work. Yeah. You know, he has this trick bang to play dead and otherwise she without you having that trick she could not get him to lay down on that table yeah so yeah and so I she mean, had worked a little bit you know sitting but yeah. she really wanted him to be down right you can't really do that body work effectively unless the dog lays down and he he was struggling with being on a table um among all these other dogs around him and until she actually used what she knew well, what he knew well with her, and they had a great relationship with that, it rewarded a lot. So, um, and and he did, and he finally got his body work the way it should have been done. So, yeah, yeah. So that's one example of how you know training you do in one way, where you have a great relationship with your dog, um, can be used for other other types of. Uh, you know, training, so, but, uh, what else was there? We learned, we learned how to groom a golden. Ah. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, 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 Siren looks super cute. Yeah. Casey did a great job teaching me and grooming Siren in the proper way, so it was really, really nice to see how, how she looked after and how much cleaner and just... She just has a little pep in her stuff now. She does. She knows she looks cute. And then she looks a little more puppy. You know, because it is nicely rounded. I noticed that whenever I shaved uh, Zoe. She always looked like a puppy. So, uh, Jillian is going to show me whenever we get home. So, Gypsy can look like a little puppy, too. Because right now, I don't I don't usually scissor them. I, I mean, we do with the breeding girls whenever it's time for babies. That's but a, that's just a half job a shave. Big, big shave all the way up to the uh, loins. Right? So we've got a lot of goldens at home yeah. we can groom up, Jillian. Yeah. <laughs> Gypsy's just one of them. Yeah. Yeah, those goldens, right before they deliver, we, we, we hack all that fur off. <laughs> but that means if we experiment and it turns out bad, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> they, you saw, they, they grow a beautiful coat right after they yeah, they do. Up, so... Now, Jillian, for your first time with Marina, and then working with Siren and with Bailey, do you have any ahas, or hasn't it soaked in fully yet? Really, just the whole transferring um, what I do with Bailey with the tricks into the leash handling was really eye-opening and seeing how 
how quickly it clicked for Bailey. Um, that was really nice to see. And then with Siren really figuring out um, the grooming aspect was really, really awesome to know. Because it was something I was kind of confused about for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Did you find a lot of tight areas in Bailey to release? Um, not as much as I thought I would. Um, she's definitely tight, but it wasn't anything overly concerning. And even Marina had said that. She was like, Bailey doesn't feel as tight as you would think she would feel. Um, because Bailey's done a lot of walking and everything on the concrete just because she's out and about everywhere with me and I don't have a fenced-in yard for her to run in. And so one of the things we talked about was getting her, um, out and about more on grass and not as much as concrete so that'll be a weird kind of thing to um, look into when I get home on how to kind of combine those two worlds. Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of work to do on, on figuring out how we're going to change some of our habits and incorporate some of these things um, the, to keep our dogs healthier longer. So, yeah, so... Yeah. And it is habits. It's 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 got to be regular part of your regular routine for you and the do and the dogs. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Now I like being able to take because she knows we train service dogs. So yeah. I like and she knows that we do the puppies. So whenever she was instructing or whenever we were talking, she would always bring up, you know, how it can relate to those two worlds to the service dog world and to the puppy world so one of the things that we're going to look at too whenever the puppies are, are there when the puppies are born we can check them out she was telling us what to look for in puppies as they're born as they're born because confirmation doesn't change all that much and if we want to choose to keep the best ones you know for the breeding program for the future <clears throat> we need to be able to do that without having to send all the litter pictures to marina and say hey marina she helped us pick Lita. Right. So she said she's very excited about the Lita-AJ combination. Yeah. And what that's going to show. So, so am I. I'm super yeah. stoked. Uh, and we have just over a month to, to find out if, uh, you know, if, if it, it turned out as awesome as what we're expecting it to turn out. She also looked at pictures of Gypsy's parents, which I pulled up on the Breeders' website, and understood more why Gypsy is the way she is. You know, she apparently takes after mom, and mom was a little bit short-legged, and yeah. So this is what breeders need to look at whenever they're putting dogs together, and what comes out on the opposite end. Yeah. They're, yeah, total confirmation. Their proportions of legs to their body, and make sure they're um, balanced basically because if you don't if they're little if their legs a little shorter than their torso or um, you're you're potentially gonna have pups that are going to especially female pups that are going to inherit that there's a degree of them that are going to inherit even shorter and be disproportionate even worse than what the degree of the disproportionate of the parent. So when you look for long legs, two long legs compared as well, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, you don't want that either. Right. 
Oh, speaking of long legs, Karen, uh, we were talking about Holstein earlier, and that yeah. his, so Holstein was pediatrically neutered. Yeah. Uh, how old was he? Oh, he was, I think, under 12 weeks when he was neutered. Okay. Yeah. And because of that, because it, it doesn't help with hormone stuff, usually what happens when you neuter young is the dogs become bigger, which is why everyone thinks that when they see Gypsy that she's a miniature golden, she's not. Uh, and I've seen it for the poodles that in order to get poodles to grow taller, neuter them young. You know, we've seen it with our steers. You know, it, it's pretty typical. Uh, apparently, testosterone's a growth stopper hormone. Yeah. But you were saying that Holstein's having joint issues. Yeah, his um, elbows are dysplastic or arthritic. Um, they, the radiologist said that the long bones of his elbows are too long for the joint. Um, so uh, his So you have your radial and humerus and your ulnar. Um, the long part of those, but the part they're too long for the elbow joint. So it's so. it's not just, a, for example, a teeter totter type of thing, you know, yeah. where it's normal, it's too long and it's just not hitting right, huh? Right. So the joint is not um, is is. Uh, so too much the, stress on it? Yeah, there's too much stress on the joints. And there's arthritic um, breakdown already on in his in his elbow joint. And the receiving and the... Um, the ball and the, the ball socket. and the receiving area. They okay. see breakdown. Um, and and with and elbow dysplasia... Bone spurs, too. Okay. Yes. With, with elbow, you can't do surgery. Hip, you can do surgery and rebuild it, make it better, stronger, faster. But you can't do that with elbow dysplasia. All they do is they go in there and they'll scrape it out, but it will reoccur right after you do. That's the only thing they do. There's no elbow replacements. There's no... Um, you can't really pin an elbow. Uh, you don't want to freeze. You don't want to... Cast it. Yeah, you don't want to... So the only thing they do is arthroscopic surgery where they scrape it out and try to um, relieve some of the pain. And it's very, very painful. And dogs eventually, um, if they don't become... And most, he's a big-chested dog, a large-chested dog. And so most of his weight, he's all forward. Most of his weight is on those front legs. Um, and so when the pain does get bad enough and we can't control it through arthroscopic surgery or pain or meds or anti-inflammatories or joint injections, the most humane thing to do is to put them down. So, because he can't live without his front legs. Yeah. So, yeah, we can't. Uh, so that's kind of... Well, so right now he's on he's he's taking anti-inflammatory drugs that are um, improving his life right now. So they work. Well, he's right on now. that. He's on pain meds. Yeah. He's on Winpro. Yeah. Winpro pain meds. Glucosamine. Desiquin. Uh, Cosequin. <laughs> Chondroitin. Yep. 
enjoy eating. Yep. Fish oils? Yes. Turmeric? Yes. Can you name it? He's yeah, on he's it. He's on it. Lots he has more supplements than most people do. Yeah. Cucumin, turmeric, that's the combination. Yeah. Okay. It's everything in the world that, that we can throw at him to keep the inflammation down, to keep the joint as lubricated as possible, and to keep his pain as, as low as possible so he can continue to move and, and be Holstein. Yeah. Yeah, and with that, as you retire your service dog, which I know we had just talked about podcast-wise retiring them, but, you know, you still... You, you, of course, you need to, to keep them going and, you know, make them as comfortable as possible. But sometimes they really want to work, and it's hard on them. So it's nice to transition him to something else. Uh, so Barry's been taking over a lot of Holstein duties and taking him to the dog park to just kind of walk around. He's a little king at the dog park there. Uh, and one of the things, depending on COVID protocols and, and desires and everything else, Holstein might be able to, you know, transition into be a therapy dog. So yeah. he does have a nice job to do. And if not, because again, COVID and seeing how he does, well, he has a very important job, which is to help raise up the puppies. puppies yeah. You know, to help raise these adolescent dogs that Karen has, you know, Fluffy's eight months old. Yeah. You know, Ross is two and a half, but I think she thinks she's about eight months old too. Yeah. Her, her mind is much younger than her body. Right. So, you know, there's still important jobs for them, even if they're not going to continue being service dogs. Yeah. And, you know, therapy uh, work, for him to go back into therapy work, he really, I think he, he's almost asking for that right now. He's got one last wound. It's healing up. It's nearly closed. As soon as that's closed, he'll be, we'll be able to get him back into it. So all we got to do is um, make the application If he does therapy work, we hope that he can do it vocal, not... We used to drive down to Ocala to do therapy work at uh, Marion, at the hospital in Marion County. Um, oh. Yeah, so... Um, but he'll... It, we'll try to get him into the local hospital to do work. So, yeah. So we don't have to drive so far. Yeah. I don't know. He likes to go for car rides. I know he does. <laughs> I think, you know, I think that's, that's big. There was a lot of aha moments. I'm trying to think of, of some of them. Um, I love Marina's nail protocol. Oh, yeah, her nail protocol. She did vi- uh, do a nice visualization on that. Um, we'll make sure our, our document, our, uh, Bar- uh, that Vicky's, uh, used, she, I'm sure she's going to update it with some of the terms Marina's using for it. Right, the yeah, candle flame, and yeah, candle flame, and all that, yeah, because that helped My a infographic. lot. Yeah, your infographic, yeah, so yeah, so that's I think that's a big especially one. when you're looking at it upside down, and, and if you think of it with those terms, I think it helps when yes. you're traveling, yeah, yeah, and then we've got some really nice photos with Jillian's fun that we could look at, and then yeah. instead of a my rough drawing, we could do my rough drawing over. Yeah, I think those drawing. visualizations of what it really looks like on the dogs. Yeah, because really sometimes helps. it's really hard to get good photos, yeah. and I think we got some really nice photos yeah, this I think time. So. so look forward to seeing those. Yeah. Up. Um, and then just seeing the difference in how how splayed the dogs' feet were versus oh, how tight. Yeah. 
and how the dog moved, how his weight shifted. Ben's feet. Yeah, he, his and, toes and were splayed out, and then Marley's, they got shorter. Marley's got shorter, tighter, you know, tighter, or whatever. The Doberman. The Doberman too. Oh, the Doberman one. was pretty amazing. That was a big change on the Doberman. Yeah. So when Ben first came in, his toes. Now I've had longer, but his toenails were too long, and so as I was doing it, I clipped them twice, but I wanted to get them done. Yeah. And so when Marina was working on him yesterday, I said, you know, I need to rework on his nails some more. But, you know, it's been a week since yeah. I've done it and, and he's due. And she says, oh, they're fine. Uh, so I thought, oh, my goodness. That's great. I didn't even show her how awesome uh, gypsies look. Yeah. You know, the dog I've been working on her toenails with. I think the fact that she didn't say anything about Holsteins must be, they must have been fine. Because if, if they weren't. <laughs> She would have said something. <laughs> right? Yeah, Holstein was demo dog last time. Yeah. For nails. And Karen Karen I, said the same thing, Alexis. This is as short as I've ever had them. Yeah. And yeah. Marina got a lot off. Yeah. I had no idea how much more could come off. Yeah. <laughs> last time. Yeah, and, and it now may... I have a good I have a great idea. And I know when I'm hitting the, the quick with the Dremel Holstein, it, you do hit kind of a nerve. Uh, on the dog when you get it, but it does not bleed. With, I've never had it bleed with a Dremel. No. Uh, so. No. Whenever I was getting his yeah. off, it was I was clipping yeah. up for Ben because they were so long. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too, I never do is up the speed on it, and she upped the speed so she oh, didn't have yeah. to tap it as long. And I thought, oh yeah, yeah, I guess I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, I've learned to up the speed because it's just less time on the dog's nail. So. Um, you, the indication that you need to up the speed is if you hear that Dremel sound going down, down shifting, oh. your that dog's nails tough is tougher than, and you need to up the speed. Okay. So um, some some nails are softer, and you don't need to up the speed, and you have that same sound of one before you hit the nail. Um, but when you hear it like slowing down, having that downshifting type sound up the speed on it and you'll get it done faster. Okay. So and not to tap. Who was doing that? Um uh, Casey. No, not Casey. Was, was Casey. Casey? Yeah, was Casey tapping too much on the nail. Just Well Marina only had it on there for what, like maybe three or four seconds. seconds. Yeah. But when you go one, two, three, four type yeah. of thing. Not one Mississippi, two yeah. Mississippi. It was the Vicky count. Yeah, the fast count. Yeah. <laughs> the Vicky count. Right. <laughs> Whenever we were Not living the in... Sesame Street count. <laughs> right. When we were living in Pennsylvania, so I was under 10 years old, and we had uh, someone come over to sell us a rainbow vacuum. And so he was supposed to show how fast it sucked up, so he's, the guy says to me, he says, can you count up to 10? And we'll see if I can get this all sucked up in under 10 seconds. One, two, three. And, it, you know, it was all sucked up. And I yeah. thought, wait a minute, let me do that again. And I'll count like this. One, three, four, seven, nine, ten. You see how it goes. But, yeah, my parents bought it. We had that rainbow for years. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, you know, it's nice. That was a really nice thing to see was, was her doing it. Because the more you know... You know, you don't come in baseline, you come in a little bit further along, and then you catch more things. Yeah. So why do I go back to that one? Why do I go back to silver? Why do I go back to gold? 
why have I hosted Chad a couple times and Tyler a couple times is because you learn more every time because your understanding of it your abilities have grown so now you're picking up new things and the instructors teaching they add more they change more as they have different types of students and they realize um, students are coming back they adjust it and give more too yes and they're growing as well you know what they're learning from us and learning from the other dogs in that year or two years that you've seen them they've done some learning and expanding of their knowledge and they're sharing more of that yeah so if you're not learning you're you got to be dead totally (laughs) so that's my view well that's marina i think everybody needs to go to one of hers because it's huge you know it's something that like so i don't know anyone else who's teaching it if so let me know because again i can learn from multiple sources but I think she needs to get that into all service dog programs. I think she needs to get that to anyone who's doing any sort of dog workshop or conference. I think she needs to get that into every dog training school out there because it's a lot, it's a dying art. Yeah. It really is to be able to look and assess. And a lot of times what we'll do in the professional groups that we have is if we have pictures, if we have video, we'll put it up and we'll tag her in it. You know, but she doesn't want to be the one. She wants to instruct you so you can do that without her. Yeah. Which is also huge. That is the role of the master coach is to push so you're as successful or more successful as she is. Yeah. Not to always be dependent on that coach. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, thank you, Marina. It was fantastic. And then, of course, we ended like we always do. I talk about different dog harnesses. Oh, yeah. And this is one thing. We had brought some up to North Carolina, and I know what she's looking for. And we had picked up some. Since then, some were given to us. Some of them, you know, we have or we've been using. And what she likes is free range of the scapulas. So she wants the straps to come into the scapula groove up by where the collar is. She doesn't want it going across the shoulder blade, that scapula, at all. So she likes the X-back. And she likes the Y front. She does not like a straight front harness at all. For the dogs, for the best range of motion. So looking at them, Coffee Canine comes close. Okay. Yup is hitting it. So I'm going to order a Yup one and I'm going to borrow Karen's and see if they fit Gypsy. Uh, because Holstein's not using them right now and they're too big for Ross. So I'd like to play around with those and see. Uh, Boldly Design has their everyday harness that's their new one. It looks like it's made out of just scraps of leash. Um, it's very lightweight. It's, uh, you know, I don't know how it would work. It says it's for service dog, for forward momentum pull, for counterbalance. Um, you know, there's no little handle on it for brace, and I do like a little handle. But, you know, those are the three right now that we're going to look at and we're going to get in and we're going to see. And everyone, so many people do that straight across the front. And that not only usually hits the brachial nerve, which goes across the point of their chest, but it inhibits their gait, just like why we don't use a no-pull harness. And it impedes the shoulder movement. So we don't want that to happen either. So like I said, right now, uh, we're going to look at the Boldly Design one. Like I said, the Coffee K9, which I have, so we're going to play around with some of that and see. And then the Yup. Uh, I also reached out to Bridgeport uh, because I love their little handle one. 
to see if they could change the straps because what it needs to do is come to a point up at the top of the shoulder blades you know whenever you're putting the harness on and they don't where do they come they come about what is that six inches on either side so they'll come up lower than what it should and if you can take it off move it up there and reattach it it might work that way that's what we had to do initially with the uh, harness that Karen had got uh, we had a leather maker friend adjust it for us and it worked beautifully and then they came out with their x-back design right after that yeah. right after that so she ordered a second one that's the x-back design and if not I could play around and throw them on Django too and just see and work him around the house yeah you know, see what the difference is between him and we can videotape the movement there in the different um, harnesses just for our own evaluations too. But we do a lot of service horse, a lot of mobility. Uh, we had talked about the vests, like what we have on the van is them in their raspberry field vest. And she would like the, she'd like it to become a Y front with the straps coming up and hitting just above the pocket. So I reached out to him last night when I reached out to Bold Lead or not boldly Bridgeport and he wrote back and he said you tell me what you want to try and I'm willing to try it which is fantastic he said I you know we have to figure out what to do for the bottom because it would curl up which is one of the things I told Marina and I had offered to get the two of them in touch together and she said no because I have more dogs I can test it on so she'd like us to do that so I think we'll ask him if he can do up one with this type of strap and then maybe put where it connects, maybe some elastic or something. So there's that give and that wiggle over the shoulder. And harnesses versus vests for me, I like the butterfly vest. I like vests on puppies. I don't like harnesses on puppies. I don't put harnesses on puppies, usually until they're about a year because they're still growing. And then I'm not going to use, use a harness until they're cleared for mobility work. I might have it on them for, to get them used to the feel and to something different, um, but I'm not going to use it as a harness harness until they're cleared for mobility, which takes some time. And, you know, we have issues that can happen with your service dog. So, you know, for example, Karen, you know, Holstein's retired. Fluffy's in hormone brain right now from the girls, um, Siren just went into heat and Ross is just finishing up her heat. And then Ross, you know, so she was in heat. Fluffy doesn't have a brain and Holstein's retired. Yeah. So Karen is service dogless right now. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, Candy's pregnant. Django is gonna do bitey stuff with Rich. And I've got Gypsy whose legs swim. You know, I mean, granted, our new boy was born, and he'll be coming to us in April, right after our school. But he has to grow. But, yeah, he's going to have to grow, so it'll be some time. But, you know, we'll have that. We'll have the dogs from this litter. We're going to keep some, you know, and get them started for people. So, you know, you have that, but it's something that you must think of. I think everybody needs to have a backup service dog, depending on how reliant they are on their service dog. Because, you know, something happens and you can say, well, yeah, but you knew Candy yeah, was going to be. Has, um, siren in heat. Yeah. So she's going to be depending on, on Bailey 24 7. 24 7 until Siren's out of heat. You know, and that heat cycles are not, you know, five days. They're, they can be two to three weeks long. So, you know, that's quite a bit of time. 
Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes they'll get a little bit yeah. bitchy. Bitchy, and she was wondering if, if that's why Siren was a little bitchy, you know, the last week or two. She's had some weird um, behavior things, and very well. She was coming into the hormones for the first time. Right? Yeah. Now she's a woman. Yeah, not a baby anymore. <laughs> and and she's 10 months. 10 yeah. months old. I told ten yeah. months is is usual from what my experience for yeah. golden. Sometimes it's earlier. Her litter mate went into heat. What was that? A month ago. A month ago. Yeah. But you know, Diana and um, yeah, Diana should snowflake be. happened. Yeah. Yeah, they will be in the next month or so. Yeah. 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 So, which is good. Yeah. It's good to be healthy, and we'll mark that down that she came into heat. So then we know, and we know when to expect it, and then she'll have one more heat, and then she might be breedable. Yep. Depending on health testing and all. Yeah. So, yay. Yeah. That's good. That's exciting. But, yeah, you have you have all that to deal with. And then, like I said, keeping the dog to the best of their abilities, even the being in heat, you know, it has nothing to do with with body work. It does. Know, and um, that messes with your body and with your behavior. So. And you don't want drip, drip, drip while you're walking no. through the place. Yeah. So, yeah. And so you have stuff. People are just going to be all stupid when, if you have them in the big girl panties. You know? Doggy diapers. Yeah. What's wrong with your dog? Is your dog not potty trained? Yeah. Does exactly. he piss herself? She's in heat. Why are you bringing a dog in heat? You know what's so funny, too, is people don't understand that they're only fertile during about five days to a week while they're in heat. Right. That even though Siren is intact, Ginger is intact, Ross is intact, like, we've got a lot of intact females. Yeah. They can't get pregnant unless it's during that certain time. Right. And so, it's way after they stop bleeding. It's not... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. Yeah. So. You know, like, flush out the system, and now, let's see if you're ready to go again. But uh, people will tell me all the time, well, I have an intact female. And I said, that's fine. You can send an intact female in for board and train. Well, what if she gets pregnant? Well, I don't want her in heat. Well, she's not in heat. Well, then she can't get pregnant. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, it's fun. But, yeah, so that's going to wind up this episode on our recap from our Movement Markers Workshop with Marina Azuna and uh, what we learned and how we learned more about it. Our website for our heart and soul is heartsoulletterknumber9.com. For Hope Service Dogs is hopeservicedogs.org. Through Heart and Soul, we help you own or train your dog to become your service dog. And through Hope, we breed and we train the dogs that we breed. And right now, it is European Showline Golden Retrievers, European Showline Dobermans, and American Standard Poodles with UKC Showline for the boy. So they're all showline. I like showline for service work because they're usually mellower and they have the confirmation of what it should be health-wise and they're not crazy. Okay? We're also on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on TikTok. We're everywhere. You can't escape from us at all. Uh, Like, rate, share, subscribe, and I will catch you next time.